0: Hi, I'm Dr. Stan Steindl. Welcome to Compassion in a T-shirt in session with Ellie Tallulli. Ellie is a psychologist in Athens, Greece, where she specializes in compassion-focused therapy and compassionate mind training. She has established the Compassion Center and works tirelessly to create opportunities for people to have exposure to compassion-focused therapy and for health professionals to receive training in CFT. She has a heart of gold and a warmth and gentleness that is very, very special. I do hope you enjoy being in session with my friend, Ellie Tallulli. Good, well, welcome Ellie Tallulli um thank you so much for coming online and um coming on to compassion in a t-shirt in session um i know you must be during your busy day and yes i can see the lovely message there i i wish i had one too actually but um (laughs) yes that's that's very nice um uh how are you feeling today
1: I am feeling well. Uh, have a mixture of feelings of uh, the opportunity and excitement, and uh, some relaxation, and to talk with you after so long that we haven't met
0: mm.
1: from the Compassionate Mind Foundation.
0: And and yeah, I think we well several years ago now. You actually interviewed me. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and... I didn't
1: have anxiety then.
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> No, I, I, that's right. It was a big time in your life, if I remember.
1: Just a few days, I had stopped work because I was, I was pregnant and I was about to, to give birth. And I thought, oh, you know, I had the excitement, I guess, and maybe some grief of stopping my work for a while. But uh, I thought, oh, I can, you know, it was a, a power and a strength and emotion going forward and yeah uh, yeah, I really enjoyed talking with you that was my I wanted to do that with other colleagues as well to learn more about what they feel passionate about uh, compassion focused therapy and it was really really good Mm. yes
0: it was it was uh you you were you were sort of doing incredible stuff and and um I remember that, that that the birth was just a a few days away and 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 you know and and then and then that all happened and and it was it was very very exciting so it's it's fun to um yeah get the chance to to sort of listen this time maybe and and hear more about you and and um you know what you're doing in and around compassion and and compassion focused therapy i guess but i suppose where i was gonna sort of start was just to to ask you maybe um to to sort of talk a little bit about you know yourself and who you are and and perhaps your your work or or you know kind of your life and maybe even what is inspiring you or exciting you at the moment so yeah tell us tell us a bit about about your story
1: So I am, I am Greek, I I always lived in Greece until I went to school here. And um, uh, I'm a mother of two children. And uh, I am working here in Greece as a psychologist for the past uh, 15 years. I have studied in England, fine art and psychology. So there is an artist part in me and performer, uh, which I, you know, maybe in the future I will uh, connect with it again and uh, I have been uh, working in private practice and also at Harakopio University in Athens where I have been teaching uh, workshops in cultivating compassion uh, for educators as part of an MA that they have uh, there in uh, education and culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, apart from my work as a therapist, I like uh, joining uh, uh, groups in my community, as in sports and uh, dancing clubs and another like a uh, spiritual community I belong to. And uh, mm. we try to promote or cultivate compassionate ideas. And I'm passionate about that or and mm. I enjoy, enjoy being part of it.
0: mm a wide ranging kind of, you know, sort of collection of things that, that really you've, you've done and you, and you do. You, you had that, I, I didn't know the fine art part of you, actually. Um, mm. what, tell us more about the fine arts and, and your, your experiences with all of that.
1: So, um, because I wanted to study abroad, I, I really like um, writing. But I thought I wouldn't be able to write or, uh, um, you know, uh, learn literature in England. So I thought maybe art would be an equivalent or uh, an alternative. So I went to fine art uh, at Reading University, where I studied. They offered that opportunity to have a joint degree with psychology. Right. And uh, it was really—I think I've learned a lot that helped me in therapy through. Uh, painting and reflecting on uh, what I do and the history of art that can inform us the, mm. the, the situations in financial and cultural context of, you know, painting mm. and uh, yes, or being mindful of the process of uh, an artwork is mm. also, uh, I can feel how it inspires me and makes me understand better the process of therapy. Oh yeah. So but I wasn't very good at marketing and I, I when I graduated I ended up uh, having lots of paintings in the house that I couldn't sell.
0: Uh, <laughs>
1: so right. I I stopped I stopped doing that as a profession
0: uh-huh.
1: and concentrated on uh, becoming a therapist.
0: The, the the creativity and the sort of the, the, the process of creativity and, and reflecting on all of that it, it really sort of informed your experience as as well a human being but but also you know ultimately a, a therapist and you mentioned too the um the community groups and and so on can you what, what's what's the details with with that what do you get involved with there
1: so when I was in England and I was studying, I had uh, met through my parents, um, a person who was then around 90 years old and he was a spiritual um, father and helper to to others. Um, and uh, in, in that community of people, there was a, a lot of uh, like a psalm singing and contemplation, meditative contemplation with from the Orthodox, um, uh, religion mm-hmm. and um, I was um, involved in that and uh, also my own interest in sports and arts. Um, I, I like bringing and talking with other athletes and artists about self-compassion because being a performer is very demanding competitive. Uh, people feel a lot of stress and self-criticism. Mm and they don't re- they might not uh, really enjoy you know so much mm. or they can't get so much joy from it
0: mm. and
1: i really like um you know uh, making s- small groups and um uh, bringing these uh, self compassion ideas to them mm. and sharing with them
0: yeah i mean that that i i i i get the sense that you're re- really sort of spreading the the news there and and you know helping people who you're right I mean that can be that you know sort of especially elite sport or or you know sort of performers or, or artists you know that there, there can be that sort of you know that just that self-criticism that just is always there niggling away kind of you know on the one hand we we think it Makes us better, but on the other hand, it just chips away at things like confidence or motivation. And then we come in with perfectionism and, and all of that.
1: It's not only about you know, individual fault that people engage in perfectionism and, and self uh, criticism. It's our own, it's uh, the society as well is encouraging that. You know We yeah. want them to be elite, to be always better to do extraordinary things to, um, you know, push uh, their bodies. So it's not really, it's an interaction between um, the athlete and the, the industry and us as viewers. So it's not only about them who are not navigating this environment uh, uh, healthily. It's, um, it has to do with that. So I wish maybe one day we might experience uh, different attitudes in, in those areas that are mm. less demanding and unhealthy.
0: It I, I was actually reading some stuff recently on perfectionism and and um they talk about uh, perfectionism having kind of three directions. You know that that we might have perfectionism that we expect of ourselves. We might receive that sense of of demand upon us to be perfect from others. And we might also put that demand onto others that they should be perfect. And of course, I'm sure you, you, you kind of know, you know, that that's, it just amazed me how that mirrors onto what we think of as the three flows of compassion as well, that, that actually we, we have those three flows of compassion. But like you you said, you know, perfectionism can sort of flow back and forth as well, and and you know some of the stuff that gets screamed from the sidelines, you know, at athletes or something like that. Uh, so much pressure and demand uh, gets put upon put upon them, and and you know that we we they can't help maybe internalize some of that as well. Mm-hmm. Great point.
1: Yes, the three flows are not so the three systems like uh, perfectionism could be dri- drive driven you know to to find enthusiasm and make something better or to be more caring so to become better and so that you care for others but also can be threat based
0: that's a really uh I'll, I'll 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 sort of think about that a bit more because yeah i think um that's true compassion can be textured with different emotions or or emotional systems being activated too and and so can perfectionism actually you know it 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 can be uh you know sort of associated or related with with each of those three systems as well yeah. this has become a, a little kind of interest for you that the, this area of compassion of, of perfectionism and and then bringing kind of some of the cft to that
1: Yes, yes. Both personally, because I was very com- competitive as a young person in sports and studying and uh, my parents were very uh, di- uh, different to that. They didn't like uh, competition. They didn't care about grades. So I was in a between of two different worlds. And uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. so I'm trying to not lose the, the you know, becoming a better better at something to, to succeed, but also, you know, not uh, fueling self-criticism and stopping you from joy and uh, enjoyment.
0: Okay. So there's some really um, just your own personal experience there kind of mm. planted the seed of, of how to, how to work with, with, you know, the, 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 the self-improvement piece without that, element that where we attack ourselves or or kind of create this Mm. ideal that that we only ever you know sort of fail to meet you know that that you 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 know what it feels like to you know drift into all of that um and Mm. so 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 tell us a bit about you and compassion then and and yeah how you discovered some of that
1: so Okay, as a teenager, I wanted to change the world. uh, And I was passionate about this. Uh, My parents were in helping professions. Uh, My mother is a teacher, was a teacher, and my father is a physician. So I was inspired about uh, how to help people uh, with psychological difficulties that maybe were uh, giving some health issues as well. so I went to study psychology, and um, during that time, I was uh, like I said, um, uh, I had met that person who inspired me a lot, with, uh, my spiritual uh, father. And uh, so I returned back to Greece to spend some time with him because I thought he was at uh, his last days, and learned. I, I'm still learning when I remember what he, how he was expressing and embodying compassion and playfulness to mm-hmm. others it was a mm-hmm. uh, many many um we can have many sessions for that if you yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah and uh, so uh, uh, so he died like mm. I say suddenly at the age of over 100 years old
0: okay <laughs> <You
1: know? laughs> and uh, yes because he lived another 10 years and uh, I thought It was uh, only, you know, I only had a few days with him. So it was a great privilege for me to spend all these years uh, next to this person and seeing the flow uh, between each other and from him uh, to other people. Mm. And um, so when he passed away, it was quite sudden, like I say. Um, I was Mm. in grief. It's normal. Mm. And... um, But I had a lot of pain. It was physical body pain of the grief. Mm. And uh, time went on. Um, I continued working, and um, one day I felt, "Oh, why am I waking up and I don't have a good mood? Mm. What's wrong with me? Mm. Come on, Ellie. You know you have to be in a good mood. You're going to to the office now. You have to Mm. help people. Mm. How are you going to help them if you are in low mood?" And, um, and then uh, I had a revelation. Um, also, at that time, I was helping a, a new client with depression, and I started reading Paul Gilbert's book on um, counseling and therapy for depression, where it has uh, he's bringing there the compassion uh, part. Yes. And self-criticism. So all of a sudden I had this revelation of what, what, what? Am I critical to my um, sorrow, sadness, or low mood? Uh, just a few months ago, I've, I had a major loss. I lost a very important person in my life. Mm. Why I shouldn't be in low mood? You know, of course I can be in, uh, in as much as the lowest mood as I want to. I can indulge in this. Mm. And uh, so uh, one part was then I you know I gave myself permission to to be with my friends and other people who also feel the same way um, and to care for that compassionately. But also I it, it made a shift on how i I saw people's problems up till then that um, people who came into therapy, they actually suffered from two things. one was, uh, you know the condition, maybe panic attack or anxiety or a loss, and the other was uh, criticism. How they were critical of themselves about it, and that mm. really um, sometimes created the problem in the first place, or you know, the, um, it um, didn't help them to to seek help to. Up until they came, they would come to feel supported, to be supportive of themselves. It was a battle, an inner battle. So that helped me to just really understand how compassion can be helpful mm. and experience it for myself. Mm. And uh, so it clicked in, and I discovered, and I went to England to do trainings in CFT. And supervision, and uh, it's still going. You know, the yeah. road is uh, is ahead.
0: Yes, yes. No, I, I think that's that's very very insightful. That that um, you know, there you were grieving. You know, this this very important person who um, had taught you so much, and in fact, even even today you can reflect on conversations with him and, and learn more, you know, the, the, the lessons keep coming by the sounds of it from, from him. And, and he, he passed away and, and you were grieving and, and, and yet there was this sort of this other, other part of you, this second piece that was then coming in with, with, yeah, I guess it was self-criticism and, and, and just um, not re- sort of not really validating, or you know, sort of not really accepting, or not not really allowing your natural feelings that, that that grief was was a very natural and in fact important experience, wasn't it? You know, in in that instance, and yet this other part of the mind, for whatever reason, feels that that need to criticize
1: yes and there is a hidden motivation to be caring in that criticism because in fact i you know i wanted to be helpful to others so um i I felt the pain was not uh would could create difficulties in that which actually did and also it's the environment you know how how I know that uh, only two days a person can grieve can take off work in Greece at least when they lose their parent for example right. so how the environment actually validate and uh, you know recognize that you're going to be you know the next few months are going to be tough for you yeah you know, the environment can't say that
0: it, it's it's actually yeah it's what you were saying before too about the perfectionism it really isn't it is that we have our own inner kind of st- struggle with these things, but there are external, you know, pressures and demands and and what society expects of us and so on. And, and you know, in some ways that, you know, that happens with grief as well. And, and we can't help but take that on board and feel like we're doing it wrong or we should be over it or I, I should be, focusing on helping others that's my job you know blah blah, blah. and and yes it, it it actually ends up just creating more suffering the compassion piece was about i guess va- validation and and um forgive self-forgiveness and and you know permission to experience what you were going to experience and and the you know the the that that lived experience for you actually meant that you could become more helpful with your clients in the end you know because you, you you got it you know you understood that piece and and communicate it from there you've done quite a lot of training and and you've you've been to to the workshops and and obviously the the compassionate mind foundation conferences where we've we've seen each other and and so on and so how how do you use compassion focused therapy in your work? You know, like what what are some of the things that you you do there um, as a therapist, maybe or, or perhaps you know in other areas in your um, teaching or training or or mm-hmm. other things? Yeah, tell us a bit about how it it comes into your work.
1: I am a simple mind. I have a simple mind, so <laughs> I feel that um, when people feel secure. Uh, many of the difficulties is uh, away. And uh, so we're trying to create that uh, secure base in, in the therapy room uh, where the people can just feel safe to think and share with me the thoughts and problems and difficulties. And very often when this happens, many of the difficulties is away and then we can even address them playfully you know, uh, to to experiment and even failure is not a failure anymore. Um, I I usually work, I see people with uh, anxiety, (coughs) uh, difficulties and uh, depression and relation uh, problems um, and attachment issues and I work long-term where I see that therapeutic relationship helping with the attachment, feeling more securely attached. Um, also, I can see how uh, you know, the, the strength part, the courage part of compassion can um, bring, uh, help uh, exposure therapy you know, to address um, difficulties with the uh, avoidance of things that are meaningful to people and uh, suffer and lack. They can't enjoy them because of the avoidance. And um, uh, so we we use that uh, the soothing part, the caring part, the caring motivation, the building strength, and um, through compassionate mind training, which I do in therapy um, with clients, but also I also do that in groups. And uh, in this way, you know, when people. Uh, begin to cultivate their compassionate self. Uh, this makes it easier for me because we have another therapist in the room. Mm. Yeah.
0: No, that's a that's a really uh, lovely way to 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 think about it and 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 kind of to, to describe it. That that the the, the the therapeutic relationship begins with the therapist creating a safe and secure space for um the 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 client and and you know the 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 warmth and the caring care for well-being you know sort of starts with with the relationship and 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 then as as you progress you you you're you're starting to cultivate that in the person themselves and and you know the, the your strength and courage kind of weaves in there as as well and and um and before you know it, yes, the, the, there's a there's another therapist in the room kind of thing. The the compassion itself is like one's own in, internal therapist. Sometimes you know it, it can be a way of, of thinking about it. Now there's there's a couple of us, you know, doing doing the the therapy work. Mm. We're a team. Yes, we're a team, and the thing that's lovely about that too is that you know as you know the the soothing affiliative system you know so so the, there's the affiliative component that is really being enacted there between you know therapist and client and and creating that sense of team and 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 working together i, I remember you presenting on i think it was blood injury phobia phobia or needle phobia mm-hmm. um and you know, some of the, the role there of, of the compassionate self and exposure therapy. You know, the, the, the thing that I love about CFT is it's compassion-focused therapy. So you can bring a compassion focus to the other things that we might do. Can, can you sort of describe a little bit there, you know, like how, how do you incorporate those, those two?
1: It's also the psychoeducation, which helps to for the person to understand that, uh, you know, the tricky brain and the tricky body, mm. it's not our fault that it works this way. And mm. uh, so we don't have to feel ashamed about for it. It's just, you know, how we are built. And that is, uh, it's helpful to design and experiment. And um, um, I like to bring I really don't like to, uh, therapy to be harsh and um, cruel with exposure and flooding. Um, mm. It can be okay and you know, it can be also caring. I'm doing this to care for myself. It might not uh, feel good mm-hmm. but uh, maybe, you know, mm. together it could feel okay and um, um, also I'm trying to help people to connect with their caring part that I'm, I'm the caring motivation i want to try this because it's going to help me or help me to be with others rather than i need to get rid of my phobia i need to get rid of my anxiety uh-huh. it's wrong It should, shouldn't be there uh-huh. um, and uh, also the positive emotions we can be creative in how to, to do the exposure can be the performance, let's say. Mm. sometimes. times. Yes. And um, So that is uh, one way uh, we use the qualities of curiosity and wisdom of the compassionate self, the courage, but it doesn't have to be there. It's just uh, I'm going to try this out and if I, if it doesn't work, I can get support and I can from others and I can try again doesn't have to happen at once so there is a rehearsal part uh, rehearsing as we learn uh, language or uh, to cook to paint you know whatever
0: yeah the the um i i so agree you know some some elements of of therapy are still rather harsh aren't they or 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 sort of you know painful exposure um you know can can be a a very scary process and and yet if we couple that with sort of the the warmth and the care and um uh you know and that sense of um doing it to sort of get somewhere rather than necessarily get away from something you know that that idea of of it it helping us to Sort of grow and even flourish, you know that that's the motivation then behind doing these really what what can be very difficult sort of exercises with with exposure um, mm-hmm. and that idea of of you know really in service of of one's own well-being and and bringing in to that. Um, wisdom and strength but also curiosity and playfulness even and all of that can really help to to create you know sort of a a whole different experience of of something like exposure therapy in fact just today i was speaking to someone about their absolute dread around going and seeing the dentist but they have decided to do it and he said you know i i i can't stand the idea of going to the dentist but i'm going to do it because basically i i know it is sort of good for me it's not doesn't really feel good so to speak but it really feels good for me and and that's the self that's self-compassion in a sense isn't it is is that sense of really trying to work out really going to be in my best interest and, and, and in service of my well-being
1: sometimes we can tolerate two different feelings like the the fear of of exposing myself to something difficult and also actually it was also fun it was exciting it was yeah. energizing and uh we we have both We can have yes. both, feelings, both emotions
0: that those those two are physiologically very close cousins aren't they anxiety and excitement in a way mm-hmm. um, they they sometimes have have certain elements that are that feel very similarly but but sometimes just the little sh- shift in perspective or, or, or shift in or reframe and suddenly something that feels very challenging and scary to do can have this little piece of excitement that enters the fray and now we're feeling two things like you say i think yeah that's very very interesting how you you describe it like that so what have you noticed in terms of how people take on board some of these ideas the the the, the ideas of of compassion or self-compassion do you notice any challenges there or anything that 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 people sort of you know push back with
1: I don't understand compassion. I don't know what it's it's like. I I can't grasp it. I don't really feel it. I can't feel it. So, um, you know, it's um it's naive to say that everyone has this experience or had this experience of receiving compassion. Unfortunately, so that yeah. we just have to recall it or. You know just uh, instruct the person to be compassionate to themselves and um yes one of the difficulties that uh, people don't have a past experience to draw from mm. so we need to create to develop it maybe and um, from the scratch with mm. uh, from the relationship bit by bit or even by you know what would you need what would be more helpful um and um sometimes people think that their self-critic is the compassionate one who is helping them to be protected mm. and, but uh, now I I'm I see that not as an obstacle to compassion those fears and, and blocks they are actually the, the reason why we are doing therapy there these parts blocking com- receiving compassion or expressing compassion are hurt ones, parts that have been hurted and uh, are protecting the person. So I'm using more of a dialogue between those parts and to actually listen to them try to tolerate and to observe them rather than ask what they are thinking, how they are feeling like in chair work uh, ways. and. Um, and uh, they they have a voice that uh, gives us um, you know some insight about the worries and the fears that these parts have how mm-hmm. they have been created, and um, we are you trying to work with uh, maybe negotiating sometimes uh, you know can you step back a little bit and try and see let's experiment can you allow us the compassionate self to. Exp- see what this can do, how they can help, help mm. um, Ellie or, or the, the person. And um, yeah. um, also, what do they need? They, what would what that block need? And uh, also, I'm trying to see that this, uh, this block can't really go away, because a person might feel uh, afraid. It's part of uh, their identity and how they know the world.
0: I think that, that yeah, you, you make some really invaluable points there. I mean, one of the ones that really stood out is is actually these, these aren't so much obstacles anymore, are they? But rather opportunities in a way that, you know, th- th- this is the work in a sense, you know, this is the work that we might do in CFT because like you said, you know, like some people just literally haven't experienced it, you know, how do do we learn how to be how how to be soothed You, you know it's by being soothed by others and and if that is not there or hasn't been experienced then that becomes a block and and people will say you know i i almost can't even comprehend you know what you're saying there about compassion and so so that that's just such important um feedback to then be worked through and discussed and and uh like you know your your approach is then the therapeutic relationship itself becomes the experience becomes perhaps sometimes the first experience for someone to know what it's like to be validated and valued and and listened to and understood and 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 perhaps even supported or helped in in some way and this suddenly that's that's this very rich experience. And, and then the other thing that you said really that stood out is that often these fears, blocks and resistances are coming from a place of threat protection. You know, that, that's the motive behind them is that they are trying to protect the person from threats. You know, what if, you, what if I let you care for me and then you just hurt me? You know so you yes there's that real threat protection piece and so you know starting to really honor those parts and explore them and and understanding those parts of the person you know kind of really starts to help build a very clear picture of for themselves of of you know what is it that I really need right now what is mm-hmm. it that would be most helpful you
1: know people's experiences are not their fault um, oh, yeah. if we see you know the, the social problems the, where the environments it's just um, a way of adapting to harsh and difficult environments for me, sometimes I feel disappointed that you know therapy can't do everything because you know people have to be heroic as well in order mm. to to be, become better to be assertive in those environments to nobody asks us but many people who who suffer it's because of the experiences and they need to unfortunately uh, also be revolutionaries in a way to those those places Mm. and team up with others
0: yeah i think one of the things that has really you know sort of impressed upon me in this in in our conversation today is it's just that reminder that you, you you offer of of seeing the person in context, and seeing the person in the context of others in their lives or the the society more generally, and and I, I really appreciate you you sort of reconnecting me with that because it it depends, doesn't it? You know, on on all of that too. You know where. Where where are they returning home to? You know who who is there? What what, what are the sorts of um, experiencing they're facing? You know, kind of in the here and now. I, I often think about you know past experiences and how that may have shaped the person, but actually experiences are happening all the time. And and so you know if they're returning home and and there's there's sort of continuing you know difficulties unfolding there it 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 takes a lot of strength and courage and heroism as you say to to really make a a change um assertiveness or something like that is all very well to say you know in a in a word or whatever but it's pretty tricky to do and 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 it's a it is a, a heroic kind of an act. So what are some of the things that you've really loved about CFT, I guess, you know, like in, in some, some of the successes, maybe, or uh, the, the triumphs, the things that, that really the outcomes that, that you've, you've witnessed there?
1: No, I love I love everything in safety. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) I love that it's not one thing that it develops and helps me allows me to learn again more things. And I know I will will learn more in the future because it's not set and doesn't have set techniques and it's always developing. So I actually think that the conceptualization is also therapeutic. It's a therapeutic tool. So. I really enjoy when people, after we share psychoeducation, parts about our brain and the three systems, then they might say, Oh, Ellie, did you say I'm normal? You know, that my experiences are okay, are normal. It's a part of how we are supposed to be. Um, I also enjoy when compassion makes people to become, to get closer to their dark side. And actually they might not be in the office to talk about you know, some of the harm or cruel things that they have also caused to others. Mm. It was you know, the first reason they came was about a panic attack or something else. And um, I enjoy when people reflect that the, as they're cultivating their compassionate self for example, one person who is uh, into martial arts and uh, was telling me that, oh, I can see that uh, I don't like being, seeing people being cruel to animals. Um, or, um, I'm not going to become a vegetarian, but you know, I feel closer to animals and nature as I was building my compassion itself. Mm-hmm. Or, um, yes, or another person was, uh, also in the army, and told me that uh, you know if I, I had been raised in a different family, um, he had very right, extreme political views. Said so that I wouldn't be a racist. I don't think. Wow. So I like how there is a room for curiosity and doubt in, the, in people's minds with uh, rebuilding this uh, part of themselves and yeah. experiencing therapy. Yeah, and their ability to ask for help support from others uh shall i go on
0: <laughs> well i mean i i'm i'm jotting them down i mean you, you it, there's there's so much to um to kind of love about it and you know you and i are, are the same on that front i mean i i feel exactly the same way i i well i, I mean you've You've described it beautifully. the 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 ability to be a part of a, an approach that is is sort of dynamic and and developing and and Paul Gilbert is amazing how he will bring in you know new pieces to all of that and and you know I, I agree with you that there's really a a sense of of always learning um, and. That moment where people say, you know, I-, I am normal. It's not my fault. You know, th- those are just spine-tingling moments, aren't they? You know, that 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 because the, the uh, so much of the blame and shame just starts to to sort of soften in in mm-hmm. that moment. Um, the bit about the dark side. I, I I love that. You know, that that idea of really helping people because compassion isn't really just about you know things that we, we, we're not just compassionate for people that we love it, it might be our enemies that we practice compassion with and and it might be the enemy within in a sense that we the bits of ourselves that we really don't like or we lo- hate or loathe or or feel terrible about and that that you know being able to help people to approach all that these insights that they can have in amongst mm-hmm. that, you know, and and yeah, what would have happened if you'd grown up in the house next door to where you were born? You know, not your house, but just one one door, you know, across. And and um, and people can often think, yeah, well, actually, you know, in that house, I might have been this different version of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, support for others, and 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 yeah. I mean, we could we could absolutely go on. I mean, there's 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 many many uh, wonderful things about it. What about in your own life? You know, what what do you do? You find yourself sort of in, inspired around being compassionate. Do you, do you find that you have yourself been able to cultivate this more of that self compassion bit? You know, what what what's been the the kind of the impact in your own personal life?
1: Um, I think I have more friends <laughs> since I I am more compassionate or I'm developing that part. Oh. And yes, you know. Uh, I mean, I'm enjoying friendships and relationships so much better, and oh. I think people. Um, I um, I also dare to do things that uh, I wouldn't because I would be ashamed and scared to do. Yeah. Uh, a more playful way so I have more experiences that I I like I can tolerate being a parent and uh, thinking "Oh, I'm not you know uh, I often think of my children talking to their therapist about what their mother did to them uh, (laughs) growing up and (laughs) I can uh, tolerate that better you know (laughs) helping being more helpful and uh, yeah uh, with parenting. And also what I really strikes me out is my ability now to, be, to mentalize better. So f- for example, when I first started uh, working as a therapist, I, I found it difficult to help people with Socr- Socratic questioning and help them to bring an alternative thinking because I was so enmeshed in their threats and since I started developing uh, compassion for myself and others, I find that going much more uh, easy, easier and soothing. Mm. You know, the questions are there because I'm, I'm not in threat mode.
0: Mm. So
1: mm-hmm. mm. also, I, I really enjoy when some of my clients uh, give me the opportunity that I had when I first started my practice, that they come back And I'm different, and I can see how uh, I understand totally in a totally different way their experiences. Mm. They are able to share uh, things that they didn't at first, and also I can tolerate, I have more room to listen to more pain now. But Mm. I have we have the the antidote of being compassionate, it Mm. creates more room.
0: I think that the the theme running through a lot of that is just the way that, that the the compassion and the three flows just changes sort of relationships, doesn't it? it? It it on on a number of fronts, whether it be friends or family or kids or or the people that we're working with. Compassion just yeah, there's a there's an expanse, an expansiveness that really opens up and, and we're able to be with people in a whole different way. And I think you, you made a really good point. It, 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 it's, it's a lot about our own ability now to, to sort of down-regulate our own threat system as much as anything. You know, mm-hmm. that ability to just slow that down then means we can open up with compassion and kindness and love and, and the distress tolerance bit you know is 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 really key there. Compassion does help to teach us distress tolerance the, I, I really you know i've I've learned so much from you tonight Ellie I, I've got a number of things that i I really want to um think more about I, I I appreciate the the way that that you really have put a lot of thought into this stuff. I can see that that you you embody you know. The compassion in, in, in so many areas of, of your life it, it's really quite inspiring one of the things I've been asking uh, people is is the three tips question so I guess the, the part of the idea of compassion in a t-shirt is you know just to sort of give people things to think about or, or reflect upon in in terms of their own compassionate journey and 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 so the yes the 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 question here is whether um yeah what what might be sort of three little things you know just just three little things that you would say could be good
1: mm, uh, maybe i will borrow what i i heard from uh, i think it was at the compassion at mind foundation a practice by Jordan. Who was it? I don't remember, um, that uh, what you are feeling and thinking, many, many, many other people have felt and thought before mm. and how can I, um, what would be helpful for me or for uh, the other, mm. given that uh, this is how I feel at the moment. Mm. What would be helpful? Hmm. And if I don't know, maybe I can ask someone I trust or...
0: That's, that's really beautiful, yeah. So um, what I'm going through, you know, others go through too, there's common humanity. And hmm. what could I do in this moment to be helpful to myself or others? And if I can't quite come to the answer, perhaps I could ask. Perhaps I could. I could sort of
1: ask someone.
0: Yeah. 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 No, I think that's that's really that's that's perfect. Thank you, Ellie, for for that that um, th- those three, three, uh, three tips. So, um, just before I, I let you go. Um, yeah, where where can people sort of be in touch with you? You know, especially people where where you are, and and I know that you are really helping to to spread the news of CFT in in Greece in particular, and through your business and and other involvement there. So yeah, if, if people are, are interested in being in touch, what how could they how could they find you?
1: Um, they can find me on my website. I have. Um... A website called CompassionCenter.gr. okay and uh, there they can find my social media like um, cft athens in facebook and Etholuli on twitter and um, yes there i can have some events that i organize like uh, compassionate mind training for therapists or the public and um I also have been running a CFT peer support and supervision group that is open for CFT interested therapists. It's it's free to attend. So if anyone of our listeners are interested in that, it's it's really valuable for me and for others. And um, they can contact me there, but also on my on my email they can contact me and. And the, the groups are actually uh, done now online and they are in English because we have colleagues from uh, all over Europe who joined them. Oh. So we were able to speak in English and do that.
0: So yes, the, the whole world has has really um, gone online now, hasn't it? And and Which has been a joy in some ways, like, for example, getting for me to get to talk to you. Um, but also, yeah, lots of the... the the cmt training and the, the peer support and and you've got a lot of that that that's that's available for everybody well i might i'll put all of those in the little description below and people can click on that to to get to your website and and all of that sort of stuff and and um yeah well ellie thank you very much for um being willing to um you know sort of donate some of your time today to to have a little conversation i've thoroughly enjoyed getting the chance to to sort of spend a little bit of time with you again We, we we certainly haven't been able to catch up have we face to face for a little while now so um so thank you very much it was my pleasure uh thank you stan you gave me an opportunity to
1: also think about those uh things that i enjoy and we enjoy
0: exactly beautiful Mm -hmm. all right thank you very much